Thank you for listening to this podcast. The Ville Church provides all its resources for free. If you have been blessed by this ministry, please consider giving financially. For more information on how to give and other resources, please visit www.theville.church. Good morning, guys. Well, good morning, family. So I, I, I kind of want to be back there with the kids, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to hurry up and, and just, you know, talk to you guys for a quick mi- minute. Um, I'm just excited to be back with our family today. Uh, for some of you who don't know me, like Ambria said, I'm, I'm family. I'm, I'm all in. If, if, if I didn't plan Dream Church, I'll have my chair too. So I just want you guys to know, you know, that I'm just excited that my pastor, Pastor Jay Harris and Alana Harris in their absence would even just consider uh, having me come preach uh, at the Ville Church. So let's give it up for Pastor Jay and especially Lana with number 11, right? So I, from what I understand, we started in, uh, in 1 John uh, chapter number 1. So if you got your Bibles, uh, or the technology that we use. We're going to continue in 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 through 10. But we had verses 1 through 4 last week. So I'm excited about that and what, you know, the overall theme of this book, it perpetuates God's love towards us as believers. And for those who are not believers that may be in this space in this moment, I want you guys to know that too, that God perpetuates his love towards you too. Uh, No matter where you're at in life, whatever uh, valleys you may be going through or coming out of or mountains you may be climbing over, his love is far, his love is wide, his love exceeds every obstacle that you may be facing. So today I'm excited about that. my wife couldn't be here this morning because Dream Church is ha- having a gathering. If, 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 if we would have just known more and more in time, we would have just made sure this would have been a combined gathering. This backyard would have been jam-packed, and we just do, we would have just did it like that. But for the most part, um, I'm going to read the scripture from the ESV version. Follow along with me. I'm going to give you a few points uh, so that you can think about it. That, that will challenge us uh, to live uh, a Christ-centered life, uh, to, to love everybody, to love Christ, love God, love our neighbors, uh, just causing us to have what they call cross-like behavior. That is that vertical love, understanding the love of the cross, why Jesus died, what he did, what he did, uh, and then it perpetuates in our hearts to vertically love those people we sit next to. So John is speaking to the church at Ephesus. He says, This is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Verse 8 says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, 
if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So far, the scripture. Let us pray. Father, I thank you for another opportunity today at the Ville Church to read and hear your words in this gathering. I pray for gospel transformation in the lives of those that are listening and are hearing your scripture today. It is in Jesus' name I pray. Let everybody say amen. 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 So just to give you a quick uh, history rundown with uh, the book, book of 1 John, uh, this book was written uh, during a time when all Christians were being ran out of the other cities and they ran into the city of Ephesus. Jesus, uh, they, they ran all of the Christians out of Rome and the Roman Empire was going nuts and all those that believe was being ran out of their city because they were displaying their faith in Jesus in Rome. Therefore, John and others uh, actually ran uh, to the city of Ephesus to escape the turmoil that the persecution uh, that was being, per as the church was being persecuted as Christians. John wrote this letter to the churches in Ephesus and surrounding cities to testify of the love of Christ. So what you're going to hear in this book, uh, as you continue to go through the book of John, you're going to hear vivid descriptions of many things concerning the Lord, his church, and yourself. We, we're going to hear those things. Um, but one thing about it is it will be wrapped and laced in the love of God. Uh, you will discover why God loves us and why we should love others. That's that framework of Christ-like behavior where God loves us with this vertical love and then why we should love others, which gives us this horizontal effect which forms the cross. So with that, you'll see why all of these things are happening. Why, are the, why is the church being persecuted? And I want you to know that God's love allows every human being the opportunity to live every day. It is because of his love that gives us the opportunity to just live our lives every day. One thing I want you to know is that God's love is rich. Somebody say his love is rich. His love is filled with grace and mercy. Because of God's love, we are all able to share the gospel and accompany it with our testimonies. Because many of us have testimonies. Uh, I know Pastor Jay, I, I learned this from Pastor Jay is, Jay, is that he lavishes us with his grace every day. Every day, brand new mercies are given to us because we are we make poor decisions. We are criminals to the cross most of the time. We, we, we do things in our lives that perpetuate, oh, sin. And, and guess what? Because of his grace is so rich and his love is so rich, we have an opportunity every day to live again and to try again and to do it all over 
again. So it is here in, in this book of John where he has given us an outline of action and knowledge to apply to our everyday lives as believers. And in verses 1 through 4, we see four things. We see that, it, that we are called to make a proclamation of Jesus in our everyday lives. We are all called to make this gospel proclamation that Jesus is Lord and that Jesus saved us and Jesus can save you too. And that we understand that Jesus is life itself. Everything, who we are, who, who, our being, our fabric of who we are, it is all about Jesus being life. Jesus is the, the giver of life. Jesus is the one that saves. Jesus is the one that makes you whole. Jesus is the one that delivers you, and Jesus is the one that heals you. It is Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. Jesus. The goal is eternal fellowship with the Father and the Son. We see that. In verse through verses one through four, we also see that we must experience the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord. It's nothing like having God's joy. It's this peace that, as the, 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 the Bible describes, that surpasses understanding. It's nothing like having the joy of the Lord. And, and, and when you have this joy, you smile when you really feel like frowning. It's this joy that's inserted inside us because of our salvation with Christ and that he calls us to because we understand his grace. We understand his mercy. We understand all of the things that we go through and that we should deserve, but we don't get it because of grace and mercy. So overall today, guys, I want you guys to see real quick that today's message calls us to walk in the light. Walk in the light. So as they received the persecution from Rome, they fled to the Roman church. John has to remind the church of what God has called you, saved you from, and now is moving you to and causing you to reflect in the earth or in this particular city. As he frames us and as he calls you and as he has saved your soul and as Jesus has been exalted in your heart, he calls each and every one of us to reflect his light. It, he calls us to become what they call light bearers. He wants you to become a light bearer. So the first thing today I want you to understand is that God is light. God is light. He says in verse 5, this is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you, church, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. John proclaims this message of Jesus to the church again in verse 5. He said it between verse 1 and 4, but then he makes this gospel proclamation that God is light. To make a proclamation means to make a public or official announcement, especially one dealing with the matter of great importance. What John heard from Jesus and what Jesus spoke to his disciples were important. John repeats what Jesus said to his disciples. He said that God is the light and in him is no darkness at all. 
God is light reflects an Old Testament theophany or, or Old Testament background where light symbolizes both knowledge and purity. Light symbolizes both knowledge and purity. Reflecting to the gospel of John in John verse number 8 and verse number 12, he says, Jesus gives us a glimpse of his divinity, declaring that I am the light of the world. Verse 12 says, and again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The references to life, light, and darkness continues to draw from the book of Genesis, where in Genesis 1 and uh, 3, it says, and God said, let there be light. And there was light and God saw that the light was good and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. Against this Old Testament background, guys, listen, Jesus as the light brings to this dark world true knowledge, moral purity, and the light that shows the very presence of God. I said all of this to simply say and admonish you to walk in the light. Somebody say walk in the light. Walk in the light of knowledge and moral purity that glorifies God by removing and extracting you from darkness. God is light and you represent God in your community. You represent God at your church. You represent God at work. You represent God at whatever you do because you become reflections of the light of God. So let me keep it real, like Pastor would say. <laughs> let me keep it a hundred. Let me keep it a buck with you. Most of us struggle with walking in the light. From the littlest things. Most of us struggle every day. Our lives is just, just compacted and, and, and constructed in such a way that we just like, yo, look, I don't want to have nothing to do with that right now because I'm feeling a way. I'm feeling some type of way. So what you saying, as John says, he says, we say, I say, what you saying? Because most of us struggle walking in this, this, perfect, this perfect pattern of life. All right, so like Ambria said, I do. None of y'all struggle. They said they struggle over here. Y'all don't struggle over here. We all struggle. But God calls us to reflect, to remember uh, to, that we are light bearers and that we reflect the gospel every day in our lives. And then John is like pretty much calling everybody out now. He's like, listen, if you say you don't lie, you're a liar. If you say you don't struggle, you're a liar. He's calling us out on our mess. I'm a mess. You ain't a mess? I'm a mess. Tony, I'm a mess. See, when you become and you keep it real and you be authentic with the gospel and you understand like, yo, Yo, I struggle with being honest. Yo, I got frailties. I have weaknesses. I have some things that I'm, that just, man, it's, it's just so hard. 
life gets hard and we get we get to these places in our lives that man it's it's really not genuine but because the gospel and because Jesus changed our hearts and because he lavishes us with his grace we have this opportunity to one walk in life and to live a truthful life which is our second point practice truth practice truth verse number six says if we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness we lie and do not practice the truth to have fellowship with jesus is so important to everyone who walks in the light you must remember you are light bearers and you represent the truth, God's truth. So I had this, this idea where which team are you playing for? Are you playing for team truth or are you playing for team lie? Are you playing for team light or are you playing for team darkness? Which team are you playing for? Look at somebody next to you and say, what team are you playing for? It is easy to answer once you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Because if we all tell the truth before Jesus, forget about it. If we all be honest, because we all family, and because we really know some of y'all stories, <laughs> If I didn't know you, I'd probably slide away from you, right? But you have to decide within yourself and within, inside your heart what team you're playing for. And that comes through your confession of Jesus Christ and him loving us so much that he forgave every one of us for our sins. And that we don't, he, he imputed his righteousness. He, he, he gave us his righteousness. He gives us the perfection, the rights. He gives it to us. Because if we try to do it under our own power and our, under our own strength, we're kind of powerless and useless. Our lifestyles are untruthful. And we live lives in darkness. Truth transformed my life, and I'm sure truth transformed each and every one's life. So as I scan the room, I know that if truth did not transform your life, you probably wouldn't be sitting here this morning. When I look at my life, I know truth transformed my life. I don't even want to get into the stories. Fran knows some of them. That truth transforms lives. It is here where he says, you have fellowship with him. John calls us to this fellowship, and this, this fellowship defines relationship with Jesus, communion with Jesus, intimacy with Jesus, transparency with Jesus, forgiveness with Jesus. This is what fellowship calls for. This is what this is all about, church that the person sitting next to you will know that, that you are being trans, 
that you're being transformed, number one, that transparency is happening, that transparency that you are living a transparent life, that forgiveness is happening all the time. Because I know I can say something that can offend you or do something that may offend you, but because we have fellowship with the Father, it allows us to forgive one another. It allows us that when one suffer, we all suffer. When one rejoice, we all esteem each other up and rejoice with the other. It calls us into fellowship with the Father where we understand his faithfulness, so we are faithful to each other. And that's what John was saying. Listen, practice truth. Practice living in fellowship with God. Practice all of these things that God, that demonstrates towards us, and then you practice the same things. Practicing truth will free us from walking in darkness. When you live a life in darkness, you'll be lonely. Anxiety will flare up. There'll be some things missing, some emptiness. Many of us in this spot right here struggle with those things that's darkness like, like basically be honest when you go through a hard time in your life my first inclination is to say just leave me alone and then I make this attempt towards you Miss K I make this attempt towards you and then I say and you say just leave me alone right now and then that begins to perpetuate. And then that, that, that's, that just forms a voidness around you, some darkness, some dark spots around you. Where we start understanding, well, wait a minute. No, I, I need to walk with you through this. I need to love you through this. I'm committed to you. No, tell me what's really going on, Jonathan. Tell me what's really going on, Tony. Tell me what's really going on, Sylvester. Tell me what's really going on so that Christ can invade that dark void in your life. He's calling us to this place where you do not have to be alone. This is not, this, Christ, being with God, being with Christ should not be a lonely journey. Because you have each other. And because he calls us into this, this family, uh, this, this family that we have inherited because of our salvation. He saves us from walking in darkness and practicing truth. So number three is to walk in the light. Somebody say walk in the light. But if you walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Wow. So walking in light. So living in darkness separates you and pushes you away from those that you love. But when you walk in the light of Christ, it brings you together. We have fellowship with one another in the blood of Jesus. His son cleanses us from all sin. It's a commentator where he says walking in the light reflects God's perfection in the human sphere and includes both truth and holiness. The symbolism of light as knowledge also implies that when Christians walk in the light, their lives will be known and will not contain hidden sins 
falsehoods or deceptions. Such walking in the light results in deep divine and human fellowship and progressive cleansing from all sin. It is because of the sacrifice of Jesus with the atonement of his blood that we can be cleaned from habitual sin. Listen, all of us sin. All five toes. All of us sin, but it's this lifestyle of sin that Jesus washes away. He cleanses us from all that habitual sin, that sin that you just wake up sinning. I never wake up intentionally wanting to sin, but you might push it out of me. <laughs> Maybe. How was your day, Cedric? How was your day, Cecil? It was a great day. Had a wonderful day. But somebody cut me off this morning. That got me way out of character. How was your day? How was your day? On, on, what, how, what was your journey coming here today? How was your morning? Was it a hard morning? Was it an easy morning? So we understand that here how important it is for us to walk in the light. It is important that we walk in the light so that we can pursue truth and holiness, which comes from God. It is the light that reveals to us first the sins, the falsehoods, and the deceptions. I was a person, to be honest and truthful with you guys, that I had sinned, still have sinned, still have some falsehoods. Deception I'm kind of more aware about because that was a real big one for me. But today, because, I, I, because Jesus saved me, no longer do I struggle with living habitual lifestyles of falsehood, deception. No longer is that my struggle. And I'm sure for some of you guys sitting here today, it's not those obvious things, it's those little hidden things can't see it on the outside externally, but it's some things going on in our hearts, if we just keep it real, that we struggle with. And so I want you guys to understand how important it is for you to walk in the light and to, to, to uh, be transparent and make yourself transparent or known to those neighbors that sit in next to you. Are you really who you say you are? I had a guy come to me a few days ago telling me about another guy. He was like, Pastor Sid. I said, what's up, man? He said, yo, when you not around, he act one way. <laughs> but when you come around, he act holier than thou. I said, really? So I'm like, nah, I love him. He, ain't, he can't be living two lives. A total different person comes to me and then say the same thing about the same person. I'm like, oh, man, this is wow. 
Pastor said, what's up? When you not around, he's cussing me out. I'm like, nah, not him. And he like, but two different people, man, not being truthful, he's not walking in the light, he's not being transparent. And when you're not transparent, it keeps you in bondage. If I was to land on anything today, I'm going to land there and say that God calls us to walk in the light and calls us to live a transparent life so that our loved ones can cover us and assist us and be with us and pray for us and love us and be faithful to us. And love us through the hard, the good, the bad, the ups and the downs. He's calling us to this place, not only to be truthful and to walk in the light, but to be responsible. Verse 8 says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. I've heard this phrase over and over and again and before. The devil made me do it. Who made you do it? The devil made me do it. No, the devil may contribute to us straying as humans, but in the end, each individual must bear the responsibility for his or own sin. Some sin remains in every Christian's life, but it shouldn't stop us from pursuing holiness. This separation, being set apart for the works of God. God calls us to this place removing us from sin and separating us from the things of the world where we pursue his holiness, his righteous things, his righteous behaviors, his righteous attitude. Be responsible. Take responsibility. Pursue holiness. Pursue righteousness and live a gospel-transformed lifestyle. Last point today, point number five, is to learn, learn to confess your sins. Learn to confess your sins. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Many people live with a person named pride. Anybody live with pride? Pride is the person, the place, or the thing we battle or fight with before confessing sin in our lives. We heard the term confession is good for the soul many times. But before we confess, we have to fight pride. We live with pride. We stuck with pride. Pride will cause you to stay in your sin. <laughs> Pride would tell you that you are good when you are not. That's what pride would do. Pastor Jay would say, I'm filthy. I suck. I'm dirt. And pride would tell you you're not when you really are. But he says, confess your sin. Pride will tell you that you are perfect 
when you know you're not. Pride will tell you that. Pride will whisper, no one is perfect. But the Holy Spirit will whisper to you, Jesus was and is perfect. So your perfection comes through Jesus. Doesn't, it doesn't come from us. So the best thing you can do is tell pride to shut up. Tell pride to get, get behind me. And let Jesus whisper, you're not perfect, but I am. So for all, for all of you who maybe be struggling with, I, I'm just not good enough. Can I tell you a secret? You're not good enough and you'll never be good enough without Jesus. Can I tell you something else? That when you confess to God, he begins to display his characteristics of being faithful, being forgiving, and being righteous. He displays all of this. So when we start to understand that, you know what? I'm a sinner, man. I, I can't do this under my own power, under my own strength. I suck. I'm not perfect. No, I'm, no you're not perfect. But guess what? I am, Jesus says. And I want you to rest all of your cares, all of your fears, all of your doubts, all of your struggles, all of those things that get you off track, all your focus, all of that. I want you to give it to me and lay it at my feet. As a matter of fact, what I did on the cross is enough. I want you to take that pride out your heart and throw it at me. So that I can perfect you. So that, so that I can strengthen you. So that I can make you, uh, uh, just, just renew you. Revive you. Some of us been down in the dirt for so long, but I want you to know this. That God's word is in you. That God's word is in you. Last verse, he says, if we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar. And his word is not in us. What, and I'm going to ask you a few questions. What will help you walk in the light? God's word. The word must be in you. What will help you practice truth? God's word. What will help you be responsible God's word. What will allow you and make you confess your sin? God's word, his gospel. As we conclude today, we see the duplicity of human nature happening here. We struggle, truth, lies, light, darkness, Flesh versus spirit. John reveals to us at the close of this chapter that, chapter that we should make a confession 
to our Lord and ask him to forgive us for our sins. We have to allow God's word to work in us so that we don't make God a liar. We all have sin. Period. So for everybody who came here with perfection on your shoulders in your book bag, give it up. Leave your book bag here. <laughs> and allow the word of God to work in your heart that will spin and circle and circumvent transformation in you. So that God's word will reflect from who you are. Can we all rest to our feet in this moment so we could pray? Today, you can begin. If you're not doing it today, you have an opportunity to confess your sins to God, not to me, not to anybody else, but to God. Confess your sins. Because when we think about his death on the cross, his resurrection, as we partake in his communion, his suffering, the blood that was shed on the cross of Calvary, the whips, the crown of thorns, the spitting, the provoking, everything, the sacrifice of his blood. We have this moment to confess. It allowed us this moment to confess our sins and to remember his resurrection, the propitiation of the cross that he calls us to remember daily. So, Father, we thank you for another opportunity to just gather once again that was not promised to so many other people. We won't take this hour for granted weekly as we come together because there are some people in some churches who can't meet openly, who could never do this outwardly. They meet underground in hidden spaces for your glory, but God, we are grateful for this moment. We are grateful for this opportunity that you have allowed us to be transparent with each other and to just embrace your faithfulness, your truth, that we would, Lord God, just embrace the love that you have given us for you have loved us on the cross. You loved us by sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die for our sins. Therefore, we confess our sins in this moment in our hearts and we lay them at the cross at Jesus' feet. God, we thank you for everything that has been said and done for your glory. It is in your name, Jesus, we pray. Let the church say amen. Amen. In this moment, we will partake of the resurrection. We will remember Jesus as we remember the shedding of his blood on the cross. His body 
whipped, we take this moment to remember Jesus. So, Father, thank you for this moment of truth and life. In Jesus' name, amen.